The following podcast is not for children and contains discussions of adult themes. In addition, this particular episode discusses forest fires and ableism. Listener's discretion is advised. And remember, listeners, the dreamiest thing you can do is listen to your own needs. Welcome back to the Three Little Words podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Claudia. And today we will be discussing Wildfire Griffin, Fire and Rescue Shifters Wildfire Crew, book one by Zoe Chant. Oh, so one thing that I learned about this, well, two things right off the bat. One, Zoe Chant is actually a pseudonym for like a group of authors. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah. And the other thing I learned is this is actually uh, the first book of a spin-off series. So we didn't technically pick the first book. Oh my goodness. Wait, what's the name of the original series? Uh, the original series is like Firefighter. Okay. So there's there's Firefighter Griffin, which is about our uh, main character's father. Oh! Whose name, wait is for Griff- it, is Griffin. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off, but I I actually highlighted that in the book, and I was like, his name, <laughs> like that's that's just cruel. Yeah. <laughs> so, Claudia, mm-hmm. why did we choose this book? Uh, we chose this book on recommendation from my boyfriend, Yay. boyfriend in a dyke way. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't mistake me for straight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my my boyfriend recommended this because his spouse was a fan of these. So I was actually sent this recommendation also. And I literally did not even read the summary or anything. I didn't even click on like the page to see it. I just saw the cover and was like, yes, this is it. This is the one. Yeah. Do you want to take a second and describe this cover? Oh, my goodness. Okay. This cover. Right in your face is a man who is mostly shirtless, and I say mostly because he is wearing his suspenders with his firefighter jacket tossed over his shoulder, and he is very muscular, of course, Mm -hmm. has very little hair on his chest, and also has this very intense, sexy look in his eyes, and behind him is a griffin. Yeah, for the longest time in this book, like right up until we like really get a close up look of his shift, I forgot what the fuck a griffin was. <laughs> because if you look at the cover, you don't really see the like the lion half of the griffin very well on here. So I was like, oh, he's a big bird, which I mean, he technically <laughs> is on one half. And I was like, why is that one guy calling him bird cat all the time? <laughs> what, is that? what does that mean? <laughs> Well, turns out. <laughs> yeah, turn, turns out a griffin is a half bird, half lion. All hunk. All hunk. By far the most masculine of the uh, uh, mythical creatures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is everything I want in a romance novel cover. Like, no shade to, like, the other books, but that wasn't, that wasn't, like, this, you know? Yeah. Just, like, what you imagine a very like cheesy romance novel to be like with Fabio with like his hair flowing back and stuff. 
So I love this vibe. It's everything to me. Yeah. When we started this podcast, I imagined a lot more books with these sorts of covers. Oh, me too. I've read a couple of like contemporary romance novels. I say uh, I say more like, like I don't want to say young adult because they're not young adult, yeah. but it's, I feel like this like new wave is focusing a lot on like a certain art style. Mm. So this was like kind of refreshing in a way. Like this is yeah, it's classic. I know what you're talking about. I feel a lot of those covers go for like the Twilight Fifty Shades of Grey aesthetic, mm. you know. Simple covers, alive, striking, simple color palettes. Uh, speaking of Twilight, mm-hmm. I had a lot of Twilight thoughts while reading this. I'm oh. not going to lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it is human and supernatural creature. Yeah. So I will be making a couple of Twilight references, I'm sure. <laughs> Warning to the audience. I love Twilight and I'm not ashamed to admit it. So, Nicole, do you want to start us off with a very basic plot synopsis? Yes. So this book follows our girl, Edith, who works in a fire watch tower. There's like this weird storm that happens and this like fire crew comes in to like help out and turns out they are all shifters as in they shift to different like magical creatures. And our main love interest here, Rory, is very attached to her right off the bat, we'll say. And this just follows them as they like figure out what was attacking them at first, like what what caused the storm and them, you know, furthering their relationship and her struggling to tell him that she's autistic and he that he is a shifter. Tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. (laughs) I gotta say, I liked this book. I thought it was fun. Oh my God, I loved it. It's not high art. But not everything needs to be, not everything needs to be as dense and as, as mm, chewy and palatable as Vladimir a novel. (laughs) That's very true. Like the cover alone, I feel like you just get the vibe where it's like, it knows what it is. Exactly. Yeah. I'm all for that because there are a lot of times where it's like, you just got to lean into it. Yeah. And so I'm very glad that this was just like, so open about how like bonkers it was. Yeah. I gotta say, like, Inside Baseball here, we recorded the Vladimir episode on Sunday. We typically record on Thursdays. And on that day, we were like, do we want to put off the podcast this week to give us more time to read this book? Because it's still 250 pages as listed on Amazon. I tore through it in, like, two days. How long yeah, did me this too. take you? Yeah. Yeah. I was done by Tuesday. <laughs> like, I could have read this in one day. The only reason I didn't is because I had to sleep yeah. <laughs> for work. It's <laughs> it's such an easy read. And what, what Amazon neglects to tell you is that the pages are short. <laughs> yeah. font or something. Because most of it, like on my phone, it was, it was like one and a half of my screen pages per book page. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way it's broken up on my Nook was that there were there were some pages and sometimes like multiple pages in a row that were part of the same chapter but just like didn't fill out the whole page. Yeah. So I was like that's weird but like yeah, but I I tore through this book. I don't want to say it like it's not I mean, I'm giving away my rankings later a little bit, but like I don't want to <laughs> say it's like, you know, the best book that we've read so far, oh, yeah, but no. I think it's the one I've enjoyed the most. I think that's fair, yeah. I was saying to uh my coworker now asks me every week, like, are you are you recording tonight? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, so it was the book this week. I was telling him that um, I was very happy with this book because 
It was fun. It was so fun. Uh, Virgin to Redeem Billionaire was fun. And then Nine Month Scandal, a drag, If I Break, a chore. <laughs> <laughs> Love Me Whole, fantastic, but, you know, kind of heavy. And fucking Vladimir was dense as hell. <laughs> and now, finally, <laughs> Wildfire Griffin. Like, I am a, a wild hare in a ring of fire just comes to snatch me up and rescue me. <laughs> <laughs> it was certainly a much needed and I think well-deserved break from what we've been reading. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so happy that we went with this. Like, I'm obsessed. Agreed. This is my new favorite thing. I also want to say that I've played Firewatch and I have a new friend who maps fires. Uh, So I I think I'm an expert. So I went into this into this book with like the sense that I I know everything. I will have to uh, (laughs) defer to your expertise. I've played Firewatch, but I have not. I do not know any people who map fires for uh, for a living. So very exciting. She just found out about this podcast today. So if you're listening, hello, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I am not an expert, but I like to pretend I know what I'm talking about. Where does this book start? This book starts with Edith, our main character. Do these characters have last names? Edith Stone. That's her last name. Yes, but I feel like we don't find that out until later. Like, yeah, last, I, like I the last thing the in the end. book. Yeah. <laughs> And then we know, I think, a couple of them. They were getting their introductions and, like, how they're all from, like, the UK. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We certainly have a cast here. We do. And honestly, it did take me a little bit to, like, kind of figure out who everyone was. Oh, my God. We're introduced to so many people, like, so quickly. So many people. So many concepts. Because this is a spinoff book and we didn't know that. Oh my god, so we went into this not knowing. We had no backstory. One of these days we gotta go back, we gotta read Firefighter Griffin, Firefighter... The unicorn? other ones? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, uh, all of them. About their parents. Now that like I look back on it, it makes sense. Like I can yeah. see that it is not like, you know, like the root story, I guess. Yeah. Because they jump into the whole supernatural thing super quickly where i was like whoa so all right they're just coming out with 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 it there's like no sense of mystery or anything (laughs) yeah this is an animorphs book one through five this is like you pick up animorph book 30 and they're like okay we'll give you the vague rundown but we're not we're not you know who yorks are at this point basically (laughs) yeah it just it, it came right at you and i was like all right like we're not even gonna you know, tease it a little bit and like have it be like this huge discovery. It's like, no, there it is. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So Edith is a, uh, she's a fire tower watch in Montana. Yes. Uh, Is a a bright sunny day when all of a sudden lightning strikes down in the forest out of nowhere multiple times and starts a fire. She calls it in and her boss is like, there's no storm there. This better not be a prank. Pause real quick. Can we talk about how fucking big of an asshole Warren yeah, is? Yeah, he's he's a, the biggest dickhead. He's such an asshole where he's just like always kind of made her feel bad and like lesser than or incompetent. Yeah. And so he was like really an asshole about the whole fire thing. He was just like, oh, well, like this says this. So like, like you must be seeing things. It must just, it must just be the mist. Yeah. I appreciate when Rory comes onto the scene, he is immediately like, I'm going to make that dispatcher eat his own radio for saying that this might be a prank. 
upon seeing the raging fire that is happening. Yep. So, okay, lightning strikes. And so obviously it causes a fire and Edith goes out to do whatever she can to stop the fire when she encounters or or she hears screaming and she's like, oh shit, like what's happening? And calls out to this person, but it turns out it's not a person. It is a hare. So she rescues the hare. Good on her. Yeah. Manages to stop the fire because she like dug a little bit of a trench earlier. Uh, and then she's just in her fire tower now with this hare. And it lunges at her and yeah. <laughs> tries to like go for her neck like a little little vampire rabbit. Yeah, uh, bun- Bunacula. <laughs> Did you ever read that book? No, I forgot it existed <laughs> until now. <laughs> when I first read that, I was like, I feel the bunny should have been nice. But now I understand the plot. Yeah. I think the plot is kind of stupid, but I, I understand the plot. <laughs> Yeah, when that happened, I was like, well, obviously something's going on with this rabbit, you know, the little bastard. It had fangs, which was like, you know, obviously not common. And I think it also said red eyes, but some rabbits have red eyes. Yeah, they do. Meanwhile, we get introduced to Rory and his hotshot crew. His hotshot crew is consisting of five people and one very big dog. (laughs) The people are, I got this. I know this. I I believe in you. Okay, so Rory. Rory is a griffin. And he's Scottish. Callum? Calum? I'm gonna say Calum. Callum. Oh, Callum. Okay. Do you think that's what, uh, what Cal Scott, what his real first name is? Callum? Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Callum is, uh, Irish and he is a pegasus. We got... Weistent? 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 I think it's like Weiston. Yeah, it was Weiston, but I don't even know how to pronounce that either. I will say, no shade at these authors, okay? But this book, I felt this with Love Me Whole too, but this book feels like for every name, they went to behindthename.com and hit the randomizer. Yes, agreed. I've never met a group of people named Rory, Callum, Weisson, Blaze, and Joe. Joe. <laughs> um, the most uncommon of all. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows a Joe? <laughs> anyway, so Weiston is a unicorn. Joe is a sea dragon. Uh, he's American. Uh, Weiston is English. No, it's sorry. Joe is, quote, mid Atlantic, so I guess he is from the sea. Oh, I didn't even get that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. Yeah. How am I just getting that? Oh, they don't draw attention to it. Oh, so good. Blaze, she's also American, but we don't know what her shift is yet. We don't find out in this book, but I actually know. Um, how did you find out? Did you like look it up, or is Forrest it one of the me. books? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is in the list of books. Oh, I'm curious. Yeah, and then finally, the dog Fenrir. Fenrir is a hellhound who stays shifted at all times. He's not like Tobias in Animorphs where he got stuck. He just prefers to be a dog. (laughs) (laughs) He's valid. I appreciate him. So that's the whole crew. And, uh, you know, they put out this fire, but they need to check in on the the watchtower. Because wasn't it like struck by lightning? Yeah. Like the tower itself. So they go, our boy Rory is kind of like outpacing everybody and like bolts up the stairs to this tower. And then... (laughs) 
right as he opens the door, the fucking hare lunges at him. <laughs> uh, and, he, and he falls down every single step. Yeah. <laughs> Poor bastard. Yeah. This book was was it was funny. It was so it was so fun and funny. I loved it. And so obviously Edith goes to check on the man who just fell down who knows how many steps. So he's like lying on his back, obviously having just fallen down so many steps. And then we get our first meeting here. She knelt next to Rory, her hands hovering just over his body as though she was afraid to touch him. The sun made a halo around her head, backlighting her so that he couldn't make out her face. But just the line of her neck, the slant of her shoulders, even the cute curves of her ears, he was instantly gripped by the firm conviction that she was the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen. Cute. Yeah. Rory, he he talks to her and uh, she asks if he's okay. And he says, you know, nothing's hurt but my pride. And then he looks into her eyes. You know, he says, I can't say this has been the best day of my life. And then he sees her properly and he says, oh, oh, he said, staring into the eyes of his one true mate. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I gotta admit, like, when I read Mate, I just immediately went to, like, oh, this is, like, ABO or whatever. Honestly, (laughs) this book has so much in it. Like, (laughs) New York Times Club is Wildfire Griffin. This book has everything. ABO, (laughs) fuck or die. (laughs) Uh, Autism. everything i fucking love this book (laughs) uh it's so good but it it really does have have kind of abo vibes because rory (laughs) is also an alpha (laughs) and he takes they take great lengths to explain the alphaness because rory can use a special power called the alpha voice in which he can say things in a certain way that makes him a command that his that that nobody can resist, except for Edith. Edith, for some reason, is immune to the alpha voice. I have to assume because she is his destined alpha female. (laughs) (laughs) Because apparently the faded mates thing goes both ways. Yeah. Because she feels like an an irresistible pull towards him as well, which really makes things easy. Honestly, yeah. Like, okay, so pacing is always something we talk about. Yeah. And so I feel like that was inserted just because otherwise this book would be so much longer. Oh, yeah. But now it's just like, okay, like here's a reason for them to be attracted to each other without actually like knowing each other for more than 10 and a half seconds before he fell down the stairs. Yeah. I gotta say without Faded Mates, this is like, Edith has issues to overcome. Mm -hmm. Maybe not quite love me whole level issues but like she has some some deep trust issues yeah and i'm very glad i didn't have to sit through too much of that not that i wouldn't have liked it but it does not work in the story (laughs) yeah no agreed and also it's like the story was so fun so if anything like that was written in it just like would really take away from that yeah the conflict as is felt so contrived oh my god yeah So the conflict being that they don't know she's autistic and she's like, you know, not planning on telling them, but assuming that everything's going to fall apart the second they find out. Yeah. Can we? So Edith isn't going to tell them that that she's autistic. And, you know, at this moment, they're not planning on telling her that they're shifters just yet. (laughs) 
Um, but can we talk about how this squad is really autistic? Oh my god, yeah. I feel like they were more upfront about it with Rory. There's like one part where it was just like, I don't know, like I don't, I don't want to say it was like mentioned, but alluded to, I guess, about him like interacting with other people, I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know, a lot of the things where it's like, Joe is very like sensory seeking and doesn't quite understand boundaries that well. In in an okay way. Mm-hmm. Callum has a very flat affect and does not socialize well. Wyson has sensory issues. He's also English, so he's just awkward in general. <laughs> but also autism. <laughs> Being English is a disability? Listen, as somebody who is, <laughs> who is half English... <laughs> Uh, sorry to my to to our English viewers. I don't know this. I don't know if the authors know that that the rest of the squad is definitely <laughs> autistic, but my autistic ass can see it. <laughs> oh, so he goes. Yeah, he goes back to camp or to his camp, I should say, and he tells everyone he's like beaming. He is like, "Yo, I just found my mate," and they're like, "Oh my god, congratulations!" High fives all around. Yeah. They're all bros. Also, they're all like telepathic. They can communi- communicate with each other because they're in like the same the pack. <gasps> Blatant ripoff. <laughs> no, I think that's just like a shifter kind of thing. So in Twilight, Ooh. in Twilight, the wolf packs also can communicate with each other telepathically. Mm. And there's also an alpha and whatever the alpha commands, like they have to listen. Wow. Which is why it's a big deal when Jacob pulls away from that and it can like leave the pack and becomes an Omega. <laughs> is that is that what he is? Is that when well, the, what an Omega is? I think so. The ones that go on their own. Please, please look it up. I, I don't want that in my search history. <laughs> okay, hang on. <laughs> so uh, while you do that, because uh, I was like, I don't want that in my search history. My Google search history is like two dispensaries, um, s- escape room, my chemical romance, <laughs> and bocce. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Look into my life. <laughs> um, did you, did you know Omegaverse has a Wikipedia page? Oh my goodness. Omegaverse, also known as ABO, is a subgenre of speculative erotic fiction and originally a subgenre of erotic slash fanfiction. So an Omega is submissive and gentle, calm and a peacemaker. What? I thought it was the one that goes off on its own. What's that one then? I mean, that might be it in in real life, even though in Wolves it's not actually a, a thing. But, ooh, did you know that alphas can impregnate regardless of their main gender? Ooh. Male omegas are often envisaged as being able to become pregnant via a uterus connected to the rectum. Oh my god. Rectum damn near killed them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. We got to get back uh, on track. Okay. So I was looking at, at, at Twilight lore, right? And I guess Jacob Black uh, was an alpha because I know he like separated, but I, I thought like yeah. when they separate from the packs, they were Omegas, but I, I guess not. I'm I'm not educated in the Omegaverse. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he broke off and then other werewolves followed him. So he became an Omega. Pog. Twilight reference number one. <laughs> yeah. 
keep a tracker. <laughs> so also I find it very cute that Edith makes such deliberate eye contact, which like I definitely mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. I was taught had a mask by my autistic father who is still learning that he is autistic where he taught me to like look people directly in the eye and give like firm handshakes and stuff and apparently I used to scare people with the amount of eye contact (laughs) I made (laughs) especially teachers (laughs) um but anyway she was staring at him and she'd forgotten to count hippopotamuses Edith wrenched her eyes away, mortification sweeping over her. Normally, she was scrupulously careful to maintain eye contact for three seconds, counting one hippopotamus, two hippopotamus, three hippopotamus, before looking away and counting again. It was just as unacceptable to stare at people as to never meet their eyes. Yeah. Rory goes back to base camp and high fives all of his bros. (laughs) They're like, hey, um, how are you gonna... How are you going to do this? Because you can't really stay here. And I don't think that she's going to want to come with us. Because, like, she doesn't know us. And, you know, of course, if you don't mate her and you're separated from your one true mate, uh, you'll just slowly go crazy, which is some lore. <laughs> At this point, they don't know what happened. Uh, but, like, beyond the meeting, like him falling down the stairs and shit, <laughs> which they give him a lot of shit for, which is, like, hilarious. Yeah. So... <laughs> In regards to that amazing tumble of his, I wanted to read this bit. Rory was pretty sure that no one in the entire history of shifter kind had ever made a less impressive first impression on his mate. (laughs) She is our mate, his griffin said consolingly. We are made for her. She will see that. Given that so far Edith had seen him fall down three flights of stairs, get beaten up by a rabbit, and then completely lose coherent speech, Rory did not share his griffin's confidence, not unless Edith had a secret kink for tongue-tied dorks. (laughs) <laughs> so like this book is cute like yeah. that's so fun also gotta say plural <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i can't not <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah we have to get into the whole uh we fuck or die or we die thing yeah fuck or die fuck or go crazy okay here's the thing if a shifter once they meet their fated mate if they, like, leave their mate for extended periods of time before mating them, is the term that they repeatedly use, they, like, slowly lose their mind. So the others are like, I mean, you can try, but it seems a tall order to to, to mate someone forever in one day. Well, because the problem here being that they travel around a lot. Yeah. And so, yeah, they were like, well, how are we going to do this? Like, would he, would Rory have to, like, quit the the squad because he has to, like, woo his mate? So, like, Mm -hmm. what are they going to do? Oh, to quit your job to fuck full time. (laughs) God, I wish that were me. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Rory is going to think on that one. So they decide to invite Edith down for dinner with them. They have some shitty, like, self-heating army rations and she has lots of beans to (laughs) to give them and they are so excited about these beans and uh so she goes down and joins them and gets to talking and they're like so what are you gonna do now because like your your whole tower is fucking fried this area is burning around it even when it's calm are they gonna set you back up again and he's like probably not I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to move it back in with my parents for the summer because I try and leave as soon as I can because they infantilize me. Rory asks to see her her red card, which is 
your like firefighter license essentially yeah with all your qualifications and stuff yeah and so she pulls it out she whips it out and they look at it <laughs> and they're like wow it's huge <laughs> it's uh you're amazingly qualified why are you in a why are you sitting up in a tower well she was on a squad for a little while and mm-hmm. in addition to being the only woman on the squad mm-hmm. they were always like othering her until eventually they were like you need just need to go yeah like really fucked up and so you know so she thinks that it was because she's autistic so she's different yeah she's very cagey about it she she says that she doesn't work well with other people she says that whole story except for the part about her having autism yeah exactly that she just doesn't get along with other people. Yeah. They actually ask her to join the hotshots because they are technically short one person. She initially turns them down because she she's like, you're obviously joking or pitying me, which is everything Edith says, much like Oren, everything Edith says is the saddest thing I've ever heard. Oh my God, I know. Even though Edith, apologies to Oren, but is far more capable of a character <laughs> than Oren. So they're like, no, really. Like, you have really good qualifications. That line that you cut to block off the fire and stuff, that was amazing, considering you cut that yourself real quick. They essentially beg her to join, and she accepts. Though she's still skeptical the entire time. Yeah. And just, like, waiting for this to fall apart at any moment and, like, dreading that they will find out or that she will have to tell them that she's autistic. Yeah. Also... (laughs) Rory uses his alpha voice on her boss to get her two months severance pay. <laughs> I did highlight that as dreamy. I was like, oh. Honestly. <laughs> so they get to, I guess, like their base in which there are two other squads. And we ha- and then you have the supervisor whose name is Buck. 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 Uh, we also meet the leader of Team B, Seth. And he's an asshole. Seth. Seth. and like he and rory are always engaging in like pissing contests but like never rory never starts them because he's clear i mean he's the alpha yeah and seth seth's a beta later of b squad rory rolls in and he's like seth sit your beta bitch ass (laughs) cuck shit ass down (laughs) i lost that completely (laughs) Um, you know, Seth is like, oh, come on, like, what, what the fuck? Like, why is this person here? Because he's been, what, what was the deal? Where did he want to be? Like, why, why was he so upset about her coming in? I think that Seth immediately susses out that oh. <laughs> that Rory wants to fuck her, <laughs> and is, and is like, that's the only reason that that she's been brought on here, which is not true. <laughs> But it's not untrue. <laughs> yeah, it's not untrue that that is a reason. <laughs> but yeah, so she shows Buck her red card and it's very clear that she's qualified. Like she didn't earn the job, I think, but I think she deserved it. Yeah, I mean, she got the job by chance. It's listen, it's not about what you know, it's who you know. Exactly. So after that little altercation with Seth, Buck comes up to her and he's like, uh, so. He said, let me me just read it. (laughs) Buck glanced around as though checking for eavesdroppers. His gravelly voice lowered even further. So what are you exactly? Her breath froze in her throat. He knew, somehow he knew he could tell she wasn't like other people. 
But in that case, why had he agreed to hire her? Buck's ferocious eyebrows bristled at her. Spit it out, woman. Whatever it is, it can't be weirder than the rest of them. Though from what I overheard, I have a terrible suspicion that you're about to tell me you're a damn rabbit. If that's the case, I really am going to whack Rory with a blunt instrument. Fenrir barked, sharp and urgent. Rory appeared at her side so fast she hadn't had time to even begin to formulate a reply. He gripped Buck's arm, which seemed to Edith like a good way to lose a hand. Chief, Rory's chest heaved for a breath. We need to talk in private right now. And then chapter 10. She's not a shifter! (laughs) So when he was having that little, like, whispered conversation with her, my brain again went to Twilight. Uh, (laughs) in the meadow scene, say it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, she's not a shifter. And it looks like Buck knows about the existence of shifters. Yeah, so it turns out that only a squad in this fire unit uh, are shifters. And Buck specifically wants shifters as, as a specialized team because there have been these mysterious fires over the last, like, 10 years or so, 20, I don't know, over an indeterminate amount of time. With the shifters on the team, they seem to keep whatever is doing this away, because Buck seems to think that it's something supernatural. Oh, yeah, so, like, Rory is just finding out about this. Yeah. Uh, And Buck is just like, listen, like, I didn't tell you because would you have willingly put the rest of your pack at risk which like yeah you know yeah. would he have buck is a pretty good leader honestly buck kind of rules yeah like he he's tough but fair yeah also just very very understanding considering again one of his whole squads is shifters <laughs> yeah <laughs> and apparently they had to tell him he didn't know initially <laughs> i wonder what prompted that did we ever find out no he just says, when you told me, what do you all are? Or something like that. Maybe it's in the prequels. Now we got to read those. We gotta, or, There's like 30 books in the series and we're going to have to read them all. All of them. <laughs> we'll just have like almost like more than half a year <laughs> of just this. <laughs> Our spinoff podcast. <laughs> Three little fires. <laughs> no, it'll have to be the number of books there are. Yeah. <laughs> The whole squad being, you know, comprising of shifters, Buck's like, yo, so why the fuck are you letting her join if she's not a shifter? She's gonna die. She's gonna get hurt. Uh, And then Rory's like, okay, well, I have to tell you something. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine that. I would die of embarrassment having to tell that to my boss. Oh, God. Being like, listen, you have to hire this girl because... My, my, like, subspecies of human. Are they technically human? They, yeah, right? Yeah. Are werewolves human? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Something mm. to think about. It's yeah. It's like, you know, is a hot dog a sandwich? Mm. That whole thing, you know? Is a werewolf a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> you try really hard, yes. <laughs> You're really hungry. <laughs> anyway, so if if I was like, listen, my people, once we meet someone that we that we know is it. That we desperately wanna fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen, Chief, you gotta hire her. Cause I gotta I gotta smash that. 
I gotta, I gotta smash that for the rest of my life. <laughs> anyway, picture having that conversation with your boss because that's what happened. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. She talks with Blaze for a little bit, and Blaze is like, "There's literally nothing you could say to Rory that would make him hate you." If you told him that you ate roasted kittens for breakfast every morning, he would be scouring the internet for recipes within five minutes. <laughs> so and everyone is like very clearly hinting at her like, hey, like, you know, Rory. Yeah. And, you know, people like she needs people to be direct with her. So she's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. So uh, Rory comes to to get her from like her new room and is like, hey, let's get you all fitted for for fire gear. And um, she's like, oh, thank God, because because standing so near him in the small room right now near a bed makes me want to fuck his brains out. <laughs> At least there's nothing sexy about trying on fire clothes. But yet. <laughs> Rory's bowed head was level with her groin. Her, his fi- her fingers itched to feel the texture of his tousled hair. She stared straight ahead at the wall and tried very hard not to breathe in his scent <laughs> while he's, like, adjusting her pant legs. And then uh, they were testing the fit of her pants, and she was, like, squatting and, like, uh, bending down and stuff, or bending over and stuff. Um, and she's like, yeah, they feel good. What do you think? Heat rushed over her for all that she was wearing multiple layers of protecting clothing she felt utterly naked but not exposed she felt worshipped which i highlighted as steam yeah i like, did yes. too oh my god oh. that's hot <laughs> it, oh my good i was like oh let me fan myself uh, off real quick for real just like oh, oh. my god let me tell you mm-hmm. i'm writing fan fiction Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a body worship chapter, and I cannot wait to write it. It's going to be so good. Ooh. I love it. Oh, loved it. Steamy, steamy, steamy. Also dreamy. Also dreamy. There are a lot of parts in this book which I, like, considered both. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's really, really hot and really nice. Oh, my God, I know. Where it's just like, oh, ooh, like, fan myself off, but also, oh. <laughs> also, uh, Edith mentions that... Uh, because she has such freakishly long legs, apparently, in comparison to the rest of her body. Uh, all the kids at school used to call me a stork. Rory frowned, his eyes darkening. Teenagers are cruel. It had actually been back in preschool, when people had only seen her outward differences. Her nicknames later on had been much crueler. Uh, which, oof. oof. But then she says, well, I am a stork. If she didn't move soon, she was going to explode. In a moment of inspiration, she flapped her elbows, making a joke of it. Ark, ark. A sexy stork, he said, and flushed. <laughs> They're such uh, fucking dorks. They're such dorks. <laughs> I love it. Buck comes in, and he's like, oh, I want to talk to Edith alone real quick. And Rory's like, well, I can be here. Anything you can say to her, you can say to me. And then Buck is like, Rory, get the hell out of here. And Rory's <laughs> like, on it. <laughs> <laughs> the only man he listens to. <laughs> yeah. So Buck says to her, he's he's like pretty stern with her, and he says like, "I don't like having you on a squad." Is the exact phrase that that he uses right off the bat. But he says, "But I don't have a choice. The other squads are full, and I've got nowhere else to put you." She like starts to try and tell him that she has autism, and 
he just cuts her off and he says, uh, Rory needs you here, which means I need you here, but I will not have any more deaths on my head. If I get the slightest hint that you are not fit for this job, I will fire you in a hot second, no matter how much it messes up with my crew or my plans. She says she doesn't understand, and he says, if you go, so does Rory. Without Rory, all of A-Squad collapses. So, Buck means that if he fires Edith, Rory will immediately quit. But Edith thinks that if she gets fired, Rory is also getting fired for bringing on such a, such a burden to the team. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. This is the part of the book that starts a whole series of misunderstandings. Yes. An infuriating number of misunderstandings. Yes. <laughs> luckily, they cut it off at like precisely the right moment. Agreed. Yeah, because if there was anything more than that, I'd be like, oh, goodness. Mm -hmm. It was honestly painful to read like up to the point where it was. Yeah, agreed. But like, I also feel like this is a very valid misunderstanding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like some of Edith's like, I, I was discussing this with my boyfriend and some of Edith's autism stuff is, I can't speak for every single autistic person, but I, that will not stop me from trying. It is a spectrum, and there are certainly some people who are worse with social cues and with idioms and things. Edith does not seem to understand idioms at all, which I have not met a single autistic person who understands idioms less than Edith, mm -hmm. or as badly as Edith. Some of Edith's stuff just makes her come across as kind of stupid. To be completely honest, it makes me like really like grip the bridge of my nose in a very <laughs> romance novel character kind of way. But yeah, this is such an un understandable misunderstanding because I didn't understand it at first. <laughs> so the next scene, we see Rory again, and he's talking with his dad, Griff, which, okay, there's like, I, I don't know if it's his whole chapter or at least, yeah, no, it is the whole chapter. Where it's just like him speaking to his father about him finding his mate. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, why does this matter? But now knowing that it's a spinoff, I yeah. understand why they would want that in there. Yeah, this is like when um, anyone from Cheers visits Frasier. Is that something that happens in Frasier? I, I, I've never watched either of those. Neither <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what's a, what's a better thing? This is what like is this when... a crossover episode? No, that's not a crossover. <laughs> this is when Han Solo shows up in The Force Awakens. Yes, there we go. <laughs> you know this guy, right? <laughs> and then everyone who does is like, "Oh my god!" And everyone yeah. who does it is just kind of like, "Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't like ruin anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, the only, like, semi-important line, Rory saying, like, oh, I just need to find the right moment to tell Edith. And his dad says, make the right moment, which, like, honestly doesn't even really matter no, either. No, happen at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, for lore stuff, Griff does explain that Edith is also feeling, quote, the mating instinct, but she doesn't know what's really going on. Imagine what it must feel like for her. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, why am I so horny all the time, all of a sudden? At this guy specifically. <laughs> <laughs> this next chapter is, it's the gym chapter. Oh, yeah. Which I highlighted 
like the because it says chapter 14 at the top of the page i highlighted that as steamy (laughs) because the whole big chunk of this is just very steamy for me as a as a lesbian i gotta read this description of edith working out oh my god please do i read it so many times oh her muscles flexed under a light gleam of sweat her shorts and crop top clung to her narrow straight figure and showed off powerful curves of her thighs Tendons stood out in the sides of her neck as she pulled herself up one more time, strong, controlled, every part of her body working in perfect unison. Oh. Oh, God. I also love Joe, who walked in with Rory and was like, bro. (laughs) Joe draped an arm over his shoulder, nodding in Edith's direction. Please take this as a totally platonic expression of sincere aesthetic admiration when I say, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Please know that uh, in in the Kindle version, that is a popular highlight. Fifty five highlighters. So obviously, Edith's fucking hot. And <laughs> it does say here, Rory strategically positioned his gym towel in front of his groin as Edith headed their way. <laughs> Be like that. <laughs> Not for me so much anymore. Post orchiectomy, <laughs> but I do be like that sometimes. You do be like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, so Joe is like playing wingman and is like, yo, Edith, spot Rory. And so then it's like, you know, when you're spotting someone, it's like tits hovering over face, Vagania, like right <laughs> next to the head. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Rory has has repositioned his towel to drape over his over himself. <laughs> he starts just asking for like more and more weight as if he's he's Giles Corey. And he lifts, like, an inhuman amount. It's a little bit to show off, but mostly because he's like, I need to direct my energy at something so I don't spring a boner. (laughs) Continue to spring a boner. (laughs) Oh, and then Seth comes in. And first of all, he gets onto the bench and he's like, do you want me to remove some, some of these weights for you? And Seth is like, no. And then immediately dies underneath <laughs> this weight. Seth starts saying some shit like, to Edith, like, you're only hired because Rory wants to fuck you. Rory gets all in his face, and then once Seth leaves, he says to Edith, It's not true, you know, what Seth said. She met his eyes, all he could see in them was himself reflected back. About you wanting to sleep with me? Damn, Seth. Uh... Right, he said, his voice roughening. He wished his power would he wished his power worked on her. You earned your place on this squad. Don't ever doubt that, okay? Okay, she echoed. And later on Edith is like, he even said he didn't want to sleep with me. It's like uh. Which would like be a weird thing to say to a new coworker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sleep with you and be like, oh, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't, like, directly suggested in front of you, yeah. Like, if I was if I was hired on the first day, my, my like, manager was like, don't worry, I don't, I don't want to have sex with you. I would, I would quit. <laughs> I would only assume that it means they do want to have sex with yeah. me. Yeah. Otherwise, why else would they be thinking about it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so meanwhile, we have these like very short chapters. The first being from the the hair's perspective. And Mm. so it it becomes very clear that something is like possessing the body of this animal. 
and it needs a stronger host, which is why he had been targeting Edith. And now that he knows that there are shifters about and that she's now like hanging out with them and he can sense the attachment, he's like, oh, well, now I can use her to get to Rory because he's a much stronger host. Mm -hmm. And so he hops from the rabbit to a hawk to make it easier for him to get to where they are at the base and to follow them. I mean, while we're here, Nicole, at this point in in the book, did you give a shit about this? No. No, not at all. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I, I skimmed over several of these chapters. <laughs> I I got the important bits out of it. They're short, but I'm like, please, can we go back to the sexual tension? <laughs> oh my god, please. But yeah, no, I just, once I read the first one, I was like, all right, I know what's going on here. And yeah. then like nothing of important happened with the exception of like switching over to the hawk. Mm-hmm. Hawk and then fox and something, something. Yeah, so it's not the hawk quite yet. Yeah, he's still a hawk for a bit. Yeah. Oh, so they have this, like, training thing, and Edith proves that she's, like, super competent, like, more so than the other squads. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's like, she deserves this job. Yeah, she's very talented. Yeah, and, like, clearly very qualified, very Mm -hmm. talented, and she's, like... Uh, it, they mention it, like, they, they say it all right later on, how she's, like, really good with numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how she's able to determine, like, how wide a trench should be so a fire doesn't, like, cross over it. So, like, she knows she she knows what she's doing. She's good at it. Yeah. She enjoys doing this. Yeah. And so she's super happy and is just not trusting that feeling to last. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> I know. I gotta open up a, a Word document now and start listing out these tragic backstories. Oh my god, please. Oh, yeah. So Callum, his like ability is that he can like, I don't know if it's like sensors. Or I, I think it's just heightened senses in general, which extend for like, you know, much farther than like our senses do. And so he's been very aware that there's been like something following them. And he notices that it is a hawk. And so they see it like, circling around and usually it's it, it like it always stays by them but then the second that edith was alone the hawk went after her so they know that this bird for whatever reason is trying to get to edith so they go on a hunt meanwhile edith is with weiston he again is like trying to play wingman to rory my favorite part of the book to be honest or like one of my favorite scenes oh yeah no it's so good i have it highlighted yeah, Weissen comes up and is like, hey, sorry to bother you. I just wanted to like talk to you for a little bit since you're out here. And Weissen just starts going on on this whole thing <laughs> that Edith does not understand initially, where he says he can tell that she's stressed out and he he thinks he knows what's worrying her. He says, you don't, I need to tell you, it shouldn't be worrying you. You don't have to hide it. <laughs> and she says no i do because she thinks that he knows that she's autistic and he thinks her main issue here is that she wants to fuck rory but she's conflicted about it because <laughs> he's he's her boss <laughs> and he's like i mean it any urges you might feel are completely natural no one would think any less of you if you acted on them <laughs> 
this is the part where where like the misunderstandings are funny. Yeah. Like this scene is great. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> and he tells he tells about um how B Squad, Seth is the head of C Squad. B Squad, their leader, is actually married to a person on their team. And he's like, everyone's fine with that. Like the chief basically made them get engaged because he knew the whole time. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> what? Also, remembering that Seth was leader of C-Squad makes my earlier beta jokes uh, (laughs) not good. (laughs) Whatever. Who cares? (laughs) Um, That's a a sweet story. Edith still wasn't seeing the connection. She was certain that neither Tanner nor Leto was autistic. Why are you telling me this? I'm just saying, these things happen. Wyson gave her an indecipherable look. No one cares. What you might choose to do in your own time, as long as you can get the job done on the line. Oh! Relief washed over her as enlight- as enlightenment dawned. You're worried about my sex life! <laughs> <laughs> Weiston inhaled, sharply choked, and broke into a loud coughing fan. <laughs> uh, um, and she says, my favorite bit, which is like... I love I love that they don't infantilize Edith for the most part. Mm-hmm. Because that's such a problem with autistic characters, especially around like sex things. Mm-hmm. Wyson says, uh, here here I was trying to tie myself into conversational knots, trying to de- to delicately drop hints as to not offend you. And she says, It always seems stupid to me the way that people tiptoe around sex. We're both fully grown adults. We should be able to talk openly about these things, shouldn't we? <laughs> and, and Weissen just goes completely red and isn't really able to talk. <laughs> he suffers from being British. <laughs> oh, and then and then she asks if he was trying to make a pass on her. <laughs> and he's like, no, not me. He's like, I would never. <laughs> but it's just like, wait, but it was like not to say that like you're not attractive or anything, but it's like, no, I can't, because like she's Rory's. oh god and this line uh edith do you mind if i ask you a personal question go ahead it belatedly occurred to her that there were a lot of things she didn't want him to ask about so she added i mean as long as it's about sex that is weiston choked again edith i'm an englishman don't do that to me (laughs) uh so yeah she she says listen rory wants to fuck you too just do you want to fuck him tell him that he he is dying just tell him that <laughs> he, and like that's not an exaggeration <laughs> like they, like a couple people even say it like later on where she's like rory's just like walking around like a dog who got kicked or something yeah. <laughs> like tail between his legs uh, <laughs> this poor bastard is down horrendous yeah <laughs> Oh, and she, ah, even, this is also a little bit, a little bit steamy. Um, It doesn't bother me, she said truthfully. I mean, it's not like he would be abusing his power over me or anything. I'm a grown woman. I can give consent. She sighed. I'd be enthusiastically consenting. Ooh. It's like, ooh. I, I like women who are forward, probably because I'm autistic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, also Edith practices in the mirror how her face is going to look when she tells him that she has feelings for him. (laughs) And in one of them, she says, now I look like I'm telling him I ran over his dog. (laughs) (laughs) 
book was funny. Yeah. Okay, so she goes into the cafeteria. It's dinner time. And so Seth and like his C-squad assholes come up to Edith. And she's like sitting alone at a table. Yeah, nobody else in the in the A-squad is there at the moment. Yes, they're still on the hunt at this point, I think. Mm, yeah, because they all went off to, to go hunt that bird. Yeah, and then like Weiston was like, what what did he do? He went somewhere or something. Because uh, like, he, he was at the base with her. Yeah, I think he was going to go, I don't know, wash up or something. Actually, it doesn't say. I assume, I think there's a bit of time between then and dinner. So, I don't know, I guess he got caught up with something. He's just vibing. Yeah, <laughs> just zoning <laughs> out in his room. <laughs> so she is in the cafeteria alone, and she's sitting at the table that, you know, Squad A normally sits at. And so, yeah, Seth and his... C squad assholes roll up and they're like, "Hey, we're we want to sit here." And she's like, "Well, don't you usually sit over there?" And it's like an empty table, so they're clearly just doing it to be assholes. Mm. And so she was like, "Well, if you want to sit here, like, go ahead." <laughs> like, not understanding that they like want to kick her or force her out, which I love. Instead, they do decide to sit with her. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Okay," and so then she decides to make an effort with Seth. Where it's like, okay, you know, like, Rory was aggressive at you the other day. Like, I think he was, like, crushing his chest with weights, like, pressing down on the bar or something. And so she was like, you know, I'm going to try to, like, just be nice, you know, and even though this guy is a fucking asshole. And and it's also to, like, direct the attention away from her where she starts asking them questions. Yeah. So she was like, so, Seth, tell me about yourself. And he, like, instantly lit up. (laughs) As men do. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of the squad is off. They they hunt that bird, and they're like, "Wow, this bird looks weird," and it just dropped dead all of a sudden. It's it's got like weird black horns and stuff. Weird. Let's bring it to Weissen. Anyway, let's go to let's go to dinner. I'm pretty sure that Edith is gonna want to tell you some things. So they they walk into the cafeteria and they see Seth like with a with a hand on Edith's hand and like and his his knee like against her knee and like getting real close to her and talking to her and Rory like flips out and the others have to like hold him back and like bring him back to his room. Blaze gets into like an altercation with Edith because from her and everyone else's point of view, apparently Edith is very clearly flirting with Seth (laughs) when like, I don't know how you can get that from this situation. (laughs) I guess it's just like the hand touching. Maybe they didn't see her face too much. Maybe she was like at an angle. So all they saw was like hands and just being close to each other. Yeah. So Blaze is like, you did the one thing that you could make me hate you for. And that's hurting Rory or some shit like that. And the the squad, (laughs) you got the whole squad abandoning you. (laughs) Yo, they're, they're, they're ride or dies. Yeah, they are very ride or die. So the the whole squad abandons her to go look at after Rory, who I think is passed out. Is that what happened? Uh, <laughs> um, I think he, I think he got so angry that they had to like probably I think put him like in a sleeper hold or something. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> Seth is like, wow, it's a real shame about your friends. How about you get into my car and and we go and go somewhere else? And Edith is like, 
you're the only person in this room who seems to like me at this moment. So I guess, again, the saddest thing. Oh my god, I know. It's, and it's fucking Seth, ew. And so she, like, gets in his car and they go out to this, like, seedy-ass bar in the nearby town. And Edith is almost immediately like, oh no, this was a mistake. And meanwhile, back at the base, Rory has woken up, like, five or ten minutes later. <laughs> And he, he like, walks through his memory again. He remembers and he gets angry again. And they, they try and hold him down. And they're like, you know, she's not worth it. And he's like, I'm going to fucking kill Seth. Because he's very clearly, like, leering at her and pawing at her and making her uncomfortable. Like, Rory immediately got it, apparently. Yeah, but, yeah, because he was saying how, like, she was, like, super stiff or something. Yeah. He gets her. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's this whole fucking misunderstanding. And now they all feel like assholes for yeah. like just ditching her and Blaze for like, you know, having that our, our yeah. fight with her. And I gotta say, that was the exact point where I was like, I was really upset with with this misunderstanding up until they they said like, no, Rory gets it. And then I was like, thank God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was so happy that it didn't like lead into this whole like jealousy subplot that i really wouldn't have cared about yeah no so i'm glad it went the way it did oh so the hawk transferred its consciousness or whatever the fuck is going on we don't know (laughs) into a fox and the fox is able to track edith because now he notices that she's alone because the entire squad has ditched her yeah because they're like so focused on like rory so it's just kind of like lurking nearby now waiting for a time to strike and so at the bar, Edith is like, I don't want to do this. And Seth is like, let's just have one drink and then we'll then we'll go back. And Edith walks into the bar and immediately just wants to die because there is so many people. It's so hot. It's so loud, which like mood. She stumbles back outside and immediately into Rory's arms. Rory shifted and flew there. She doesn't know that, but like he, mm-hmm. he shows up out of nowhere and she just like collapses into his arms and he he like holds her and like gently strokes her back and she um I have this down as dreamy. Yeah. Strong arms wrapped around her, holding her together. I have you. I have you, Edith. It's all right. Rory, impossibly wonderfully Rory. Come on, he lifted her clear off her feet, half carrying her through the crush of bodies. She caught a brief, confused glimpse of Seth staring at them, a bottle in each hand, before they were out into the clean air of the night. She buried her face in his chest, drawing in great, gasping breaths. His smoke-spice scent was pure oxygen in her lungs. She shook from head to toe in sheer relief. His hand swept down her spine in long arcs as as if she was a cat. The touch was a little too light, too tickly to be soothing, but she could tolerate as long as he kept holding her. And he says, like, you know, this was a misunderstanding. Everyone else needs to apologize to you. Nobody should be mad at you here. You don't need to apologize. And she says that she does need to apologize. Her secret spilled out of her at last. It's my fault I didn't understand, Seth. My fault I couldn't cope with the noise, the crowd. I'm autistic. He paused. Is why I'm doing too much right now? Do you need me to stop? Oh, yeah. Oh, highlighted as dreamy. She'd told him, and the first thing he said was not, why didn't you tell me, or oh, or that explains a lot, but to ask what she needed. Tears leaked out of her eyes. No, it's helping. Harder, please. Oh. Ugh. Ugh. Oh my god. 
And so then she tells him that she was like, oh, my God, you know, like, you know, that you like you can't tell anyone you can't tell Buck uh, because he'll fire me and then he'll fire you. Like, that's what he told me. (laughs) And Rory's like, nah, that's not it. (laughs) He laughed again, low and easy. Oh, Edith, that's not because he'd fire me. That's because I'd resign. And she's like, what? Why? Because I'm crazy about you. I'll follow you anywhere, always, no matter what. And then she says, I'm crazy about you, too. As well as just being crazy. He says, you're not crazy. You're you. And what you are is perfect. And I died. Oh, my God. Wait, no. I, uh, and uh, his fingertips traced a path from her lips to the corner of her eye. I don't know something about that, too. I was just like, oh, my God. Uh, this I literally have, like, just whole pages highlighted as dreamy. It's so good. Oh, and so, <laughs> I do love this part, though. I've just realized you don't like looking at other people directly, do you? And she says, only in small doses. Otherwise, it's too much. It's like getting too close to a wildfire. It can be done, but it takes preparation, effort. (laughs) And here I was trying to stare deeply into your eyes at every opportunity like a lovesick idiot. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Very good. And then they kiss. In his arms, under his touch, she was more present, more herself than she had ever been in her entire life. Every nerve ending of her body sparked. Every slight movement of his mouth against hers echoed right down to the tips of her toes. The background pounding of music faded into irrelevance. The only thing that mattered was him and her. (laughs) Ah, So good. So good. So yeah, Cal joins them, Callum. And um, he's like, hey, hey, Rory. And uh, Rory's like, Something better be fucking on fire for you to interrupt me block like this. Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he uh points out that there's like a big a a big fucking weird thing on the horizon causing storm shit. It's the thing that that was causing the storm in the forest with Edith. <gasps> and Edith can't see it, so it's something supernatural. Oh, yeah, so you know, at this point, Rory's like main priority is keeping Edith safe. So he goes into the bar, uses his alpha voice on Seth to get his car keys and tells Callum like, yo, like, get her out of here. Keep her safe. And he's like, I'll just take this thing on by myself. So then they're driving back and this storm like whips a whole ass tree at their car and they barely miss hitting it dead on, but it does like hit them in some degree and it knocks Callum out. And then a big fucking bear comes and attacks them. A, a, a suspiciously tactical bear. Terrifying. And it's a grizzly bear, which on its own is terrifying, but now mm-hmm. it's like, and now it has like a consciousness. Yeah. And um, so the bear is like attacking them. She drags, she drags Callum into the back seat. There's a chainsaw there <laughs> because apparently Seth half the time doesn't have his team put away their equipment properly he's just like i don't know toss it into my trunk just too fucking lazy yeah what what an asshole <laughs> he sucks <laughs> but she like revs up a chainsaw and like is ready to attack the bear when this big ass griffin comes in and um the bear like takes a second to assess the situation then runs off um and the griffin shockingly transforms into rory oh my god i didn't see it coming finally everything is out in the open (laughs) 
Almost everything. Almost everything. Almost everything. <laughs> After this, we get a scene of Seth like walking home from the bar because Rory gave his car keys to Callum and Edith. And he didn't want to call anybody because he thought it would be like too embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's he's mad and he's talking to himself and a voice in his head is like, I could give you unlimited power, boy. You just have to let me in willingly. It's me, boy. I'm the PS5. <laughs> um so (laughs) so he's like sure whatever and then this thing immediately like destroys his brain and takes over his body yeah it says and there was nothing left of seth at all like ooh, how spooky yeah very well written i know it's like oh (laughs) that was good so they go back to base. Callum gets patched up by Weiston. Weiston is a paramedic. I don't know if we said that. I don't think we did. But yes, paramedic. Yeah, he's he's their doctor, essentially. Um. So yeah, so yeah, Rory's explaining uh, that they all shift and stuff. At this point, I think the rest of the squad joins them, right? Yeah. Yeah, the rest of the squad is there and, and they... They all talk about their own shifts and things. Blaze says that she doesn't she doesn't shift and that Fenrir doesn't shift, but they don't shift for opposite reasons. She stays human, he doesn't, and he stays hellhound. I really enjoyed that Edith just starts like busting out laughing. <laughs> because they, they mentioned that they can all communicate telepathically and that they've been doing that in front of her a lot, and they apologize for this. And she laughs. She says, can't you see how funny it is? All this time, I thought it was me. I always miss things that everyone else finds <laughs> obvious. But for once, it's not because I'm autistic. She hadn't meant to say it. The word had just slipped out, carried on her wave of giddy relief. Her laughter caught in her throat. She froze. Blaze started giggling. Joe joined in as well with his loud, unrestrained whoop of exuberant joy. She found that she was smiling again, too, though she wasn't sure why. <laughs> and Blaze is like... Is that what you've been hiding from us this whole time? <laughs> Everyone is just so so normal about it. <laughs> uh, there is one part that I highlighted as dreamy here. Mm-hmm. She's really fucking happy, mm-hmm. and which I'm I'm happy for her. I love that she's happy. Yeah. And this bit here, just as she thought her heart couldn't get any more full. Rory's arms enfolded her as well. Even in the chaos of the laughing, wrangling puppy pile, she felt his touch as though no one else existed. She turned her head, meeting his deep, gentle eyes. He leaned his forehead against hers. Welcome to the family, he murmured, his breath whispering against her skin. Ah! This book has everything. A-B-O, <laughs> fuck or die, found family. <laughs> I found my third for that list. Yes, good. It really does have everything. I love this so much. It really does. So Weiston, who shares a room with Rory, is like, oh boy, Callum, I better share a room with you tonight to make sure that your your head injury is okay, wink, wink. <laughs> and Callum is like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm fine. And Weiston <laughs> is like, I better share a room with you tonight. And Callum's like, yeah, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta be looked after, totally. And so everyone leaves and Rory is like, uh, do you want do you want to take a walk with me? I told myself I was going to attempt a Scottish accent for Rory, even though he has like a Scottish and American accent together. But I can't roll my R's and that's his most distinct, distinctive thing. Oh, no. 
<laughs> I can roll my R's, but my accent always defaults to Spanish, so I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> okay. So first he explains that the reason he, like, took off when he saw her with Seth is not because he thought that she was, like, flirting with him. It was because he knew that he was making her super uncomfortable. Yeah, so they don't get into the mating thing quite yet, but they – okay, I highlighted this as dreamy. They talk about her stimming. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, which um, I, I loved this scene. It's so good. It's so good. She, like – starts stimming a little bit while they're talking and she like very distinctly makes herself stop like she puts her hands together and puts them between her knees and he says why do you make yourself stop her fingers wound together it's a dead giveaway it's inappropriate it makes people and makes people uncomfortable my teachers taught me how to control it quiet hands her shoulders jerked a little on the last two words as though they were an old unhealed wound edith go to therapy also he clenched his jaw against his instinctive protective fury I love your hands. He took them in his own, resting her palms atop his. Her fingers trembled a little. Beautiful hands, dancing hands, loud hands. He opened his grasp as though releasing a pair of birds. Shyly, hesitantly, her hands took flight. She let out a soft sigh, some of the tension draining out of her body. In the graceful flutters of her fingers, he could see her smile. Dreamy. Dreamy. Oh, yes, that entire section for me was highlighted as dreamy. I don't even flap, and that's that's very like, oh, give you a man like that. I know. <laughs> okay, so then he's like, all right, well, like, okay, now I have to tell you uh, the big thing here. And he's like, well, not to sound like, you know, like a fucking asshole, but I think that like cloud thing or like, you know, the, I think that cloud thing or the creature thing that keeps following you, which they assume like they're in cahoots mm-hmm. um he's like you know they're going after you because they know that's how they get to me and so she was like well why is that the case like that would have to mean that like i am of a value to you in some way and he's like well <laughs> it's like you're my mate that's the thing we do nicole tell me yes you're attracted to this man okay he's obviously attracted to you okay uh and let's just say he's a shape-shifting griffin okay for 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 argument's sake, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. this guy tells you that in his people, there is one person in the entire world that they will stumble across and it turns out that they are one true mates with. You imprinted like, on my soul. daughter? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but how would that make you feel if this guy was like, he's trying to broach it gently. But you get the feeling that he knows that you are this person. I'd be fucking terrified. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of commitment. It is. I'm like, yo, also, they haven't known each other long. I'd be like, bro, what the fuck? Like, I would, uh, I guess because I know they're a hippogriff, or hippogriff, just griffin, <laughs> that, um, you know, it's like a a magical thing. But, like, part of me would be like, is that a line? Yeah, right. Like, are you just... <laughs> Do you tell all the women that all the women who know that you're a griffin that you just and you just pick up line? Yeah, but also like he's. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He's such a simp for her that like. Oh, he's down so bad. He is that it's like I don't know. I I kind of would believe it at that point. He's just so fucking nuts about me that like I and I'm obviously like crazy about him too in this scenario. I, 
that would I would be turned off by that. <laughs> You're too into me. I don't trust you. Okay, we're we're different. We're different people here. <laughs> I don't. I, oh no, I'd be like, what is no? What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> don't want to belong to any club that would have you as a member. <laughs> But she's like very cool with this, which is like, okay, good on you, girl. This is why you're the star of this book and not me. <laughs> yeah, plus, you know, chop, chop. We gotta, we're 75% of the way through this book. We got to keep moving. <laughs> yes, but I do love this part here. Her hazel eyes filled his world. He looked into them and saw her love shining back without restraint, without limit. He closed that last gap between them, kissing her fiercely, not holding back anything. Everything he gave, she gave back, magnified and doubled. His need was hers. Her joy was his. And they're like feeling each other up. This is like a really intense kiss. Yeah. Which I feel like usually we get very steamy kisses. I don't think this was that steamy. No. You know, compared to others that we've read. But I feel the the dreaminess and steaminess of other parts make up for it. Yeah. I think that it's it's really the passion that gets me here and not like the, the kiss itself. Yeah. Also, she compares like the the intense like obsession that he seems to feel for her to a special interest. Um, please do not have a special interest in your partner. <laughs> <laughs> but I I do think it's very sweet that she <laughs> says, "Um, I know what it's like to be so wrapped up in one thing that it's all you want, even when it seems stupid to everyone else." I've always been told that sort of obsession is wrong. She whispered. But I never understood why. It's so stupid how other people put limits on how much they let themselves love. I don't. Ugh. Ugh. Love. I love, love them. I love. love love. I love their love. For real. So at this point, he was like, all right, well, we got to like consummate this matronage. Mm-hmm. We are mates, but we're not mated. It's different. A joining of souls, a bond between us, kind of like marriage, but deeper and more primal. And then he turns into a griffin. And let me tell you, I thought she was going to have to fuck the griffin. (laughs) (laughs) And I was terrified for her. (laughs) I thought so too. (laughs) I thought we turned into the griffin. I was like, oh, it's that kind of book, huh? (laughs) Honestly, I I, I think I would have been okay with it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm crying. I'm glad it's not. Me too. <laughs> on on some it <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Instead, what happens is that she climbs on his back, and Rory takes her up. You know, a mile up into the air, the Mile High Club. And he, like, stills himself up there and starts, like, pointing downward. He he can't telepathically communicate with her, but he, he makes some chirping noises. They're like, are you ready? And she's like, yes. Like, I want to I do this. Even without words, his intention was obvious. She gulped, taking a firmer grip on his feathers. Her knees pressed into his side. He stayed steady, balanced on the wind, waiting for her signal. I trust you, she whispered. Go. He folded his wings and dove. And this is actually a real thing with birds. Did you know this? Oh, is it? Yeah. Like eagles especially will like before before mating, they'll like fly up really high and like grip together and like fall. Wait, this sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I didn't make that connection. Yeah. 
It's cool. Okay. Let's talk about this dive for half a sec. Mm -hmm. I have a crippling fear of heights. Yep. Like I tried climbing a rock wall and I froze in the middle of it and they had to help me get to the top because the only way down was a zip line. (laughs) (laughs) So I, listen, I don't. I guess I guess I've never been like this horny or this in love, but like you couldn't fucking pay me to fly that high and then drop down. Yeah, I would be on this griffin. <laughs> Maybe he's into that. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I gotta agree. Like like Sandra, um, another member of my system, read. Most, if not all, of this book. <laughs> I'm I'm doing the book report for her, for her, I suppose. And she was so into this unicorn guy, Weiston. And I'm over here like, I'm not doing that mating ritual. Is the unicorn guy still available? Oh, that mating ritual will be. Um, okay. <laughs> Try not to go a for the sword obvious fight one. with horns. <laughs> he gives you a horn to fight him with. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So, yeah, they, they, like, drop all the way to the ground and, like, they don't, like, hit the ground or anything. He, I guess, she she's closed her eyes the whole time. She describes how, like, everything in the world faded away except for, like, their heartbeats. Oh, oh, I highlighted this part as dreamy. Mm-hmm. Edith, his fingers tightened, pulling oh. her against his chest. Oh, my Edith, you were magnificent. Ugh! My Edith. Ugh, just, ugh, oh, that, that gets me. So good. Like, oh my, I, I don't know what, what kind of kink that is, but it's like, you know, you know, my Edith, like my girl, like, oh, I don't know what, what why that does that to me. Yeah. It's Sopranal stuff again. Oh, Jesus Christ. I am just an animal. <laughs> it's really funny how in Virgin to Redeem Billionaire and this, both of us are like, hell yeah, hell yeah, the primal shit. And with Innocence Nine Months Scandal, we're like, why are they talking about caveman shit so much? So weird. (laughs) It's true. Why did it change? Well, it's because it came across as more predatory, I think. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, you know, just like, mm, like, horny energy. The other one was just like, oh. Yeah. Sir. Predator and prey. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. I don't like that dynamic. Anyway. Um, one day we'll get beyond Danny Collins' seminal duology. <laughs> oh, and also he says the higher the flight, the stronger the bond, which is, oof. Oof. I, I like that. Me too, but also, again. I like that again, love can be measured in feet. Uh, again, listen, uh, my man and I would not be close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're getting dropped from, like, five feet. Not even. I don't like the feeling of like dropping. Like if I don't go on those like rides at amusement parks. He's going to gently, gently glide you down from like five feet. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to pick you up and then put you down again. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't fly on him. There's no seatbelt on that thing. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, well, here's where we get our one and only sex scene. Yeah. And listen, we gave... We gave Vladimir some shit for having the most three-paragraphingest sex scene of all time. This one is short. Yes. And doesn't have that much detail. Yes. Did you like it? No. I was disappointed. I was a little disappointed. I wanted more, but I did like what we got. I thought what we got was, it was more about the passion than the sex. 
Mm-hmm. There was some stuff that I found steamy. Even then, though, if you, even if you're just like going for the passionate stuff, like I feel like it still could have been longer. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, we want something different than than what Zoe Chan wants to give, which is fine, I guess. But it's you know, fine. we can. But yeah, uh, ladies can dream. It left me wanting more. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy. Um, uh, at last, at last, he was. Str- oh, also, he he starts by eating her out, which ooh, ooh, yes, uh, thank I, you. Even even with the the primal shit, he's he's a uh, very generous. <laughs> You think that they would just get straight to fucking like Mr. Victor Rohan? Nope. 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 Everybody but Victor. <laughs> Victor fucking sucks. Um. At oh, last, and, at la- oh. and Vladimir. <laughs> and Vladimir, yeah. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> oh, I can leave. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, sorry. Continue. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> At last, at last, he was stripped naked for her, his desire clear. Part of her wanted to linger over him, exploring his velvet length with fingers and tongue as he'd explored her, but he caught her wrists, pinning her back against the bed. She was more than happy to accede to his urgency. She wrapped her legs around his lean hips, thrusting her own up in invitation. I liked that. Oh, I did like that. What? Oh, the part oh, I really liked. The dreamy oh. part. Oh, dreamy? Right after. Sorry, what were, what were you going to say first? I was going to say the thing right after that about him sliding into her with a single heart thrust. Yeah. Oh God. Also, oh. and it's yeah. not just it's not just his his rigid length that slides into her rigid depth, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um. Wait, did you say frigid or rigid? Rigid. Okay. Hope it's not frigid. Frigid depth. Oh God. But also, like, their their minds join together, which is also pretty hot. Oh, so it gets, like, real primal at the end of this. Mm-hmm. And so, like, now they can, like, connect, like, mentally and shit. My mate, his mind joined with hers even as their hands linked in shared ecstasy. My mate. Oh. Like, okay, that was kind of hot, too. You know what? Maybe I did like this. <laughs> <laughs> but also right before then. As his body covered her, he turned his head aside a little in a way that didn't seem quite natural. Her heart melted as she realized that even now, in this intimate position, he was avoiding locking eyes with her. Rory, she twisted her hands free, taking hold of his face and turning it back to her. Look at me. His eyes were dark and fierce with hunger. They blazed like eclipsed suns, a thin rim of gold around white, black pupils, wide black pupils, she fell into those burning depths boldly without fear. She wanted to be flooded by his presence, to embrace his mind as much as his body. <sighs> the the caring, the sexiness, the engulfing. And let me say, like, as, as an autistic person who does not like a whole lot of eye contact, who with <laughs> more than one of her autistic friends will make eye contact like twice in an eight hour period i do empathize with like during sex like eye contact is more okay Hmm. it's nice even not like not intense eye contact there are these posts on tumblr sometimes that are like like look me in the eyes while i while i fuck you and like holding their face and making them look at you and it's like my autistic ass cannot do that (laughs) but (laughs) but like willingly like lovingly yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's the next morning and Fenrir is around and 
she can like suddenly hear him and she's like, what? Oh God. And it's like, that's mm. what happens now that uh, they're mated. Yeah. Also, he calls her stone bitch as a, as an affectionate nickname. Like she's, she's tough as stone. And also that's her last name, which like, oh, yeah. he didn't know. Which I was wondering, I'm like, is that really her last? Oh yeah, because like even the people she knew from the before times call her yet. So yeah, her um her helmet has her last name on it. Yeah, because I wasn't stone. sure if that was like a nickname. Mm, yeah, yeah, because because the guy at the end says Edith Stone. Yeah, yeah, funny. I did highlight something here is pretty funny. Uh, where it's Fenrir saying, uh, or <laughs> looking at Rory, uh, and he's like, "Good, worn out, serviced stone bitch, well." I like that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and she says, you know, my my name is Edith, right? Yes. Fenrir said serenely, stone bitch. As nicknames went, it was pretty badass. She'd take it. Like when he first said it, like a couple chapters back, I was like, oh, like this is cool. <laughs> yeah. Also, I highlighted a steamy here, a little thing. The fact that they like can can feel each other at all times now, like they, they have this like this invisible string connecting them, essentially. That strange sense of him in her chest faded again, though it didn't disappear entirely. She could sense it pulsing gently in time with his slow breathing. I, I find that really hot. <laughs> I, t- I hardly it was dreamy at first, but that was like, oh no, I'm into this. You're into it. Yeah. So anyway, plot happens after this for oh, yeah. like, the rest of the book. Did you... It picked up for me a little bit here, but also I was just kind of fighting for the end here. Yeah, me too. At this point, it's like, oh, we're so close. Let's just get through it. So what's the quickest way we can summarize this? Buck sends Matt on their first job. It's this big forest fire that seems to be created by the supernatural thing. But when they're out there, everyone is very tense. But Weissen seems to be very tense with Edith in particular. (laughs) And he, he like snaps at her at one point and then she, he takes it back. He's like, my sincere apologies, Edith. I'm appallingly cranky. It's something of a strain for me to be around people who've recently been <clears throat> uh, intimate. It's a unicorn thing. Oh, like in the legends where unicorns can only be approached by virgins. <laughs> a blush crept up his pale features. I'm not that badly affected. My father used to be crippled by migraines in this sort of situation. I just get a bit irritable. I find that so funny. I, I found that really funny too. Did you did you see the uh, the custom made meme that I put in the jokes channel of our server? Oh, let me see. Would you please read it out loud? Weiston, after Rory and Edith made <laughs> it's a picture of a unicorn with a rainbow in the background. The caption just says "whore." <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's so good. Thank you. <laughs> this thing, this monster thing gets closer. Edith can actually see it now, which makes everyone suspect that it's some sort of shifter. Things get dangerous and Rory uses his alpha voice on everyone and is like, stay with Edith and make sure she's safe. And they all like pick up Edith and carry, <laughs> carry her away. In honestly a comical moment. Yes. And Seth comes up to Rory and Rory's like, Seth, did I tell you that you need to get your team to safety? And Seth is like, my team's already at safety. Just you and me now. And he takes off his sunglasses that he's been wearing. And he's like, he has red eyes and he's grown horns. 
because he's been possessed by a thing. Uh, then he bites him, and um, the monster thing possesses Rory. So Edith uh, eventually finds a loophole in this alpha voice that <laughs> they were just told to stay with her and protect her. So they can go back and help Rory. I do love that. There's one part where they're like, does that work? And they're like, yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they go back there and Rory is like very obviously fighting with himself. This thing wants him to kill her just as like a, a show of dominance, I guess. She like braces herself and looks directly into his eyes and sees that it's not Rory in there exactly. And she starts like using the power of love to like. Uh, this is this is where it got painful for me i'm not gonna lie it's just so fucking corny (laughs) i i liked it even though it was corny i thought it was i thought it was very fun that like that (laughs) their their love for each other just like ejects this thing (laughs) or like helps rory eject it anyway so it comes out as like a black smoke out of his mouth and it becomes a big snake and everyone fights it and then the thing that was causing the fires was actually trying to kill that thing it's not necessarily a bad thing it was trying to kill that so that's what it it shows up and it zaps the thing and then zaps it again the fire is like even bigger but um they all they all join minds together to tell it to fuck off Oh god, that was so corny. <laughs> yeah, I was I was a little whatever about that. So it's like, oh no, like the the whatever that shifter is is more powerful than Rory. So but not more powerful than all of them. He reached out mentally to his squad. Everyone, lend me your strength. If Weiston's right and it is a shifter, we should be able to communicate telepathically. Let's see if we can get through to it. One by one, their minds linked with his, Weiston, gleaming and constant as the North Star, Joe, like sunlight on the surface of the sea, bright dazzle over dangerous depths, Callum, dark and silent, close to his back as his own shadow, Benmir, all wordless emotion and fierce, snarling loyalty, Blaze's frozen fire. Lastly, he reached for Edith, their souls closed together like interlinked hands, completing the circle. And then together, they chanted, we are not your enemies, but if you do not stop, we will stop you. And then the clouds pieced out. <laughs> not gonna lie, that first bit where you're like reading off everyone's like vibes, I dig that. <laughs> the vibes were fun, but it was like immediately <laughs> ruined. I feel it's by such like a complicated thing to all say together. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's it's whatever. They discover that this thing's a thunderbird. And then it leaves and they go back to Buck and they're like, Seth's dead, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Buck takes it very well. He really does. Somebody on C-Squad's like, where's Seth? And Buck's like, didn't make it. Yeah. (laughs) And then then he gets right back to business. Yeah. And uh, he starts like going over the, the plan for how to how to like slow down or stop this fire every eye fixed on him except for edith's she appeared to be totally focused on the pebble between her palms buck scowled at her am i boring you edith no chief edith didn't raise her head i can either pay attention or i can look at you and get distracted by every twitch of your face i'm autistic buck hesitated fractionally then grunted fair enough he said okay crew here's what we're gonna do and then fades out um so at this point well now you know they kind of you know, we we know that that happens, but we don't see it happen. Yeah. Um, 
And so they're like sitting around a fire and like eating and stuff. And they're just like hanging out and reflecting on what happened, foreshadowing the next book, I'm assuming, in case the Thunderbird comes back. Yeah. We're going to have to face it again sometime, aren't we? Like, it's, oh, that vibe especially just gave me like very like young adult fantasy movie. <laughs> this is sexy Animorphs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I've I haven't read Animorphs, but I believe you. I trust you. This is some girl winds up dating Jake, and she's part of the group permanently now. And the next group is like I don't know the Cassie equivalent, I guess. <laughs> there's there's like no, there are six Animorphs because there's Axe, which would make Fenrir Axe. Oh yeah, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Marco is Joe. Because they're both jokesters. I mean, it's the, it's the five-man team. And then Cassie is Weiston because they're both, like, empathetic, soft hearts with, I don't know, strategic minds. Rachel is Calum. Callum. Callum. Coolum. Callum. <laughs> yeah, he's... <laughs> Rachel is a Callum. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I missing? Blaze. Blaze is Tobias. Because <laughs> she doesn't shift. I did it. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they just like need to find a place to camp now for the night. And that's how the story ends. Yep. Epilogue. Yeah. I did like the one part where Fenrir was like, let's go over here. There are more frogs or many frogs. And I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Because he's just off eating a frog while everyone else <laughs> is eating their terrible rations. <laughs> but also I'm like, yes, I love frogs. I speak for all bisexuals when I say <laughs> that we love frogs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the epilogue is that they're at this this big fire later in the year. They have a much stronger, like, telepathic bond, uh, Edith and Rory. And they start being horny over it. And Weiston is <laughs> like, can you please not? I'm right here and we have to do a job. <laughs> Whore. <laughs> <laughs> So they they go down to this fire and Edith is like, that's my that's my old boss over there. The one that like fired me. Rory like talks to him. and He's like, oh, I want to be a hot shot. Can I put an application in? And then he like sees Edith over his shoulder. And then he's like, that's a stone. Don't you know what she is? Which I thought was like, that's on the levels of like the adults being mean to rain at the museum of like oh yeah ridiculous ableism yes <laughs> like ridiculous outright ableism but whatever yeah. and um i know what you are say it out loud <laughs> <laughs> autistic <laughs> <laughs> me showing showing my love interest my special interest hang on spider monkey <laughs> uh anyway Oh yeah, and then they uh, they fight that for a while, and they uh, go down to this other part to help some other people. And this wildfire worker there is like, "Hey, can you guys help us? There's this like baby deer that's been that's trapped somewhere that we can't see, and it's been crying out to its mom for hours, and it's breaking our hearts." And they see it's like beyond this little like wall of thorns or something. <laughs> and um, Rory uses his alpha voice on it. He's like, hey, be calm, like, come on out. And he pulls out and he's like, oh, 
Weiston, it's for you. Because he pulls out a baby unicorn. And that's where it ends. Weiston's story continues in Wildfire Unicorn. Cannot wait. I, oh, we have to, I can't wait to read it. Do you think Weiston's going to fuck in that book? I can't picture Weiston fucking, but let's look at the cover. It's it's him without a shirt. It's just hot out. I think all these books are about them like, well, yeah, they're in, they're in a fire. Um, uh, Wildfire Unicorn. Like, I'm pretty sure all these books are about them finding their fated mates. I'm sure it is. Oh, it's like Bridgerton, how they go through one by one. Bridgerton? I don't know that one. You don't know Bridgerton? No. Oh my gosh, you have to watch it. It's on Netflix. (gasps) You would love it. Oh my God. Okay. You need to watch it. Uh, But anyway, so Bridgerton based off of the books and it's like a a bunch of siblings and each book is about one of the siblings is like love life. I can get into that. Oh my god, you have to watch Bridgerton. Season two is like the best enemies to lovers and like Ooh. slow burn. Um, mm, so good. I can get behind that. Okay, yes. This is about Wyson finding his, his true mate. Her name is Candace. Oh, Candace. and she's an animal rescue officer. Oh my god, wait a second. Hmm. Have you seen the cover of this book? Yeah. He's holding a baby. <laughs> Oh, he's not on the one I'm looking at. Oh, he is on this one. Wait, show me, show me what you're what you're looking at here. Do you have a link? Sure. Oh goodness, that looks like um, I'm sending you a virus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Can't you just send me a link? Flap <laughs> so I don't start sobbing. I'm crying. <laughs> Nicole sent me like 30 lines of code. 30 lines of code. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, it's a baby, baby. Oh, well, that guy does not look like Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> or it doesn't look like fucking Weston, rather. But, okay, so I was I was wondering if, like, the baby unicorn was a shifter, too, or if they're also just unicorns. Well, I think it's a shifter based on this cover. Huh. <laughs> Weston can't handle a baby. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that man's a disaster. <laughs> and he's the most well-put-together one on the group. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. Nicole, uh, smash or pass on Rory? Smash. Yeah, I have to agree. I like his simp. He had so many, like, dreamy moments. Yeah, he's just like unconditionally the, uh, accepting and loving. Yes, he's he's just so good. Uh, at just, and the worshipping thing. Uh, uh Very apparent throughout the whole book. Yeah. It's like, yes, good, thank you. This is the content I require. Okay, smash or pass. Edith Stone. Smash. Also smash. Big smash on her. Oh, absolutely. They 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 really got me with that gym scene. <laughs> yeah. And that's because I am a whore. 
I don't know where they rank on our on our list of like lead and follows here. They they rank pretty high for me. Yeah, same. Not not the top. I I would say they rival Kane and Gisela, if not outright outrank them. I think they outrank them, but like not by, the margin's not that big. Yeah, yeah, because I really like them. Yeah, they, I like them a lot. I think they're yeah. a good couple, and I think that they're individually also very good. Yeah, and also individually very hot. Good yeah. for you. Yep. So ratings, Nicole. Let's start with uh with steaminess. Steaminess. I'm gonna have to give it we're ranking out of five. Yeah, out of five. Mm, I'll give it a a three point seven. Ooh, higher than I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think like three and a half to mm-hmm. four is is good for me. Yeah, I, probably three and a half because I I ranked um I ranked that for Virgin Billionaire and that one had more explicit sex scenes, but they weren't as they were as passionate. Yeah, but they didn't have it was different. You can't compare every book to Virgin Billionaire. Exactly. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I I wish there was more. I wish it was more explicit. Yes, but not every book is going to be as much just straight up porn as Love Me Whole is. <laughs> That book was just had just had porn in it. <laughs> that book was triple X rated. It it was dreaminess. Um, like four and a half to be honest. Like I I wish there was a little more build up, but also mm-hmm. it's not. That's not really the point. I liked it. I I love the worship. I love the unconditional accepting of each other. I love the unconditional enthusiasm for yes. each other. God. Oh my god. What about yes. you? This this gets a I'm gonna give a solid four point two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, there were several, several dreamy moments here. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Meaniness. Okay. So I don't know if we can call it meany because it was intentionally funny. Yeah. I'm I feel I feel like that's a pretty safe assumption, right? Yeah, it that feels it was, yeah. The concept is so out there. Yes. And like so, so very, I mean, it like the cover, the title, it all very much leans into the, the like corniness and the weirdness and like the, the meaniness of it. Yes. But like meaniness is, is the most difficult ranking for me every time. Yeah, me too. Because like, where is the line for unintentionally funny here? Because the concept, it's, I don't think it's meant to be funny but they're not afraid to let it be funny mm-hmm. it's like is sharknado a meme movie when it's supposed to be bad is birdemic 2 a <laughs> meme movie no, no, no listen specifically birdemic 2 because birdemic 2 is made to be bad whereas yeah. birdemic 1 is genuinely bad yeah that's meme 2 is not meme yeah yeah or is two more Mimi because it's purposefully doing that? Oh, God, I'm having an existential crisis. <laughs> Seven episodes in here and we're like, hmm. Wait a second. <laughs> okay, they're both Mimi, but in different ways. Yeah. There's unintentional and intentionally Mimi. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to have a funny time reading this book? Exactly. And the answer is yes, you're going to have a funny time reading this book. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a four point three. It wow. really made me laugh at times. I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. 
I think there's too much angst, too much like genuine angst and too much like genuine like romance that really lands for it to be Mimi for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like ignoring pretty much like like all <laughs> like the the steamy dreamy stuff. I'm just focusing solely on like the parts that are funny. How funny yeah. were they? And they were very funny to me. <laughs> That's fair. Let me look at how many. I have one orange highlight for my meaniness. Joe sang a few short staccato notes that sounded like a snatch of Vivaldi and was actually a particularly vile curse in sea dragon language. <laughs> okay, this book is funny. <laughs> that was, I mean, they got me with him falling down the fucking three flights of <laughs> stairs or whatever to the, to the watchtower. Yeah, it's a fun book. Like, it legitimately, is, yeah. I think this is the most fun I've had with a book on this podcast. Agreed, 100%. 100%. So again, what was it, you know, good? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's not, you know, the next, you know, American classic here, you know, but yeah. it was a very fun read. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't like dividing things into like, oh, this is this is art. And like my shitty fucking father-in-law like described certain books as like beach reads or airport reads. And it's like, fuck off. Like, a book is not lesser because it is easy to read. Yeah, exactly. Or because it is fucking good. And, like, you don't have to, you don't have to fucking think too hard about it. Like, there is stuff that is, that is like, genuinely thought-provoking here to a degree. Like, there is stuff about fate and about, like, romance and, and secrets and things. I don't know, I'm pushing it. But, <laughs> like... It's it's just good. I don't think that we have to make everything into like a, a high art thing. Yeah, no, it was a very fun read. Like this was, I, I mean, I in, I inhaled this book. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I'm sure we're on the same page when I say that we're going to read the other novels. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going back to this well. Oh, yes. Yes, we are. I think maybe like, maybe one a month. Honestly, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Do like, you know, until we get sick of it. Yeah. Which... I think there's like five in this main series. What about in the prequels? There's there's like 30 books in total in this series. Oh, like Jesus if we want to go back and read all the like the the firefighter ones of their parents and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot. But I think at least we can get through like the wild, the like fire and rescue shifters. Yeah. I want to read more about this team. I think they're fun. They're my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Nicole, since we're not going back to that well quite yet, uh, what are you thinking about for next time? Do what you have am any I idea? thinking about for next time? I did buy those uh, Harlequin novels. You did? First one is Harlequin Intrigue, mm-hmm. The Body in the Wall. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I'm kind of leaning towards the body in the wall yeah i was gonna say we're hitting on another genre here exactly i like that i like that we're hopping or genre hopping yeah it really shows like there's such a people think of romance as such a narrow thing but there's so much <laughs> to be clear this is a romance right does harlequin like not is i thought all harlequins were romance novels i think some of them aren't <gasps> harlequin intrigue so no, it is uh is not. There is actually romantic suspense though. Mm-hmm. Because there is a man mentioned here, and at he's handsome. Okay, body in the wall. I, I gotta go to fucking Goodreads for this. 
Why are people ranking this as? <laughs> the romance is literally tacked on at the end of chapter 21 of oh, 24. Oh, no. Ah, man. I do want to read that, but I, you know. It might just be like a personal read. Yeah. What do you want to do? So I also have corner office confessions, but I kind of want to do something different, though. Why don't we find a romantic intrigue one and pick that for next time? Yes. Next time we'll be reading a a romantic intrigue book. We'll let you know. It's a mystery for now, so. Oh, oh, we're doing it on purpose. (laughs) That was planned. Intentional. Aha, we got you early on, didn't we? (laughs) Well, Anyway, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Or will we? Oh. It's a mystery. Bye. You know, Tony? What's up, Roma? I want to learn about a lot of shit. But, uh, well, Roma, you don't... You don't have the time to learn all of the shit. There's too much shit. No. But you know what? What? You could learn more shit in very quick ways. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, got, you got a lot of friends, and your friends know shit. And your friends, <sighs> they could probably just yell shit at you in like 30 to 45 minute intervals. And then you can acquire an approximate knowledge of all of the shit. And then you could know all the things. But, but how? I don't know. Probably like a podcast format. You know what? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to the Hyperfixation anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thanks to the Moonshot Network. And acquire your new Hyperfixation with me.